Hi, you're listening to Tales from the Tech Corridor, a brand new podcast series in which I am asking entrepreneurs and founders of exciting tech businesses what inspired them and how they got from their initial idea to where they are today. I'm Joanna Goodman. I'm a tech journalist. My guests are at the forefront of developments in our digital and connected world, and we are talking about the innovations that are changing how we live and work. Hello, we are recording today's episode from the Curious Lounge, a business lounge and digital skills hub in Reading. And today's guest is co-founder and chief mischief maker, Louise Clark. Welcome, Louise. Thank you. The Curious Lounge was built with the aim of bringing together people who are curious to listen, learn and meet. It opened in November 2019, just three months before the pandemic struck. Its website describes the Curious Lounge as a labour of love, but sitting here it feels more like an extended living room than a workspace with beautifully restored mid-20th century furniture, curios and masses of plants. Even the coffee is bespoke. Although it was planned and launched before the pandemic, it's been a great way for people to get back to working in person, either together or not just at home. Most importantly, it is helping address the digital skills gap, helping people, especially young people, to acquire the skills they need for today's hybrid workplace. As this is a tech podcast, can I start with our usual icebreaker? Louise, what's the first piece of tech you remember? I had an Acorn computer with a dial-up modem that my mum and I sat for hours playing a game where I think we had to solve an adventure with a troll and an axe. Ah, that was a BBC one, wasn't it? I had to look it up this morning because I couldn't actually remember what it looked like. <laughs> so that was memorable. Um, <laughs> well, it's a genuine pleasure to be here. It's a beautiful space. What what inspired you to, to set up the Curious Lounge? Uh, we've been running events in Reading for quite a while to bring the digital tech community together and Reading didn't have a central location so we were actually walking around Reading with a portable loudspeaker in varying co-working spaces that didn't really have event spaces and I'd seen that um, other tech clusters had physical locations to bring people together as an example Bristol has the engine shed um, and Reading just didn't have that thing close to the train station where people could just rub shoulders get together and run events um, I think we also have a real passion around talent. So having a location where we could bring people together to learn in a grassroots style. So it might be a book launch or um, an interesting speaker. So um, we just wanted to have somewhere in Reading Town Centre where we could regularly run events. So they didn't they didn't have a a specific theme. They were just um, more of a networking event um not really networking so we run a lot of meetup groups mm. so it would be developers it might be mm. startups um we'd bring the creative communities together because i think actually to bring digital creative and tech and throw it together in one room is where interesting things happen because if, if you've always got the same groups together that can be fairly dull conversations mm. Mm. and by having the physical location it also meant we felt more confident to bring speakers out of london because we were right by the train station. Um, so, yeah, they, they, it, just, it just brought everyone together. Then you were launching straight, almost straight into a pandemic. Um, so now hopefully we're emerging. Has the Curious Lounge pivoted at all from your original vision? I think we're almost more 
back on track to the original vision? I mean, it's obviously been a quite horrendous 18 months having a physical location, but I think it's also made given us some breathing time to think about what we are. And at our heart, we are a digital skills hub. We want to work with people who've fallen through the cracks mm-hmm. and who businesses wouldn't traditionally look to hire. So I think um, when we first opened, it was very much about we've just got to get some money through the door and we maybe Mm. weren't as focused on the digital skills Mm. piece as we wanted Mm. to be. Um, Whereas now uh, we've converted to a community interest company. So Mm. and we're very focused on the digital skills being um, first and foremost. And then the business lounge actually funds us to be able to do those activities. Uh So when you you focus quite sharply on upskilling young people in digital and business skills, was the Curious Sounds designed for for education or did the pandemic pushing people online affect your programs? I think because we, all, our funding was always around being a skills hub. So yeah. I think we've always been education. Um, I think we've had to pivot quite a lot in terms of content. So when the pandemic first hit, yeah. we took everything online to keep our communities going. I think we did something like 500 training interventions in a three month period. Cool. So it was full on every day mm-hmm. doing online. And then I think we quickly realized that actually people had had enough of online learning. And I know lots of people are going down the online re- learning route, but um, now we're very much face to face. You know, I've run some programs online. They're not the same as sitting in a room with people who've got low confidence trying to build them back up again. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe people are people are keen to get out there again. Um been stuck in a, inside too much. What kind of people are you helping? Who who are you who are you mostly focused on at the moment? On the back of the pandemic, I think the eighteen to twenty four year old category has been hit very hard in terms of job you know the jobs aren't out there they used Mm -hmm. to be um there's a lot of anxiety depression so um, you know that's that's something we're really Mm -hmm. passionate about working with but we actually work from 18 up to 60 so Mm -hmm. people at the start of their careers people who are having towards not the end of their careers but they have to rethink about career changes Mm -hmm. um mainly people who've had some kind of career gap um we're Mm -hmm. working a lot with people on universal credit um economically inactive um but we're basically we want to be this diverse and inclusive space that everyone feels they can come here for the kind of skills they're looking for, mm-hmm. um, which is why all our rooms have um, animals from a local tattoo artist, and they're all different to really show that diversity and inclusivity piece. We seem to be in the B room. We are. Who's <laughs> we're busy? Um. I think we've never wanted our programs to be so I know I I have been in tech for a long time I've never been Mm. a woman in tech and I'm a great fan of just you know women in so for us it is all about diversity inclusivity in its widest format I think from a um, training point of view we will do blend we will still do blended learning because not everyone can actually come to physical um, space Mm -hmm. Um, so we will offer that as an option but I think our preference is always to bring people into a physical location. Mm -hmm. And um, I agree with you, actually, for what it's worth about women in tech, because if you only have women, you have segregation rather than support, don't you? You just need everyone around the table having conversations. Mm, That's where positive change will happen. Absolutely. Um, So also, you, you mentioned when we met before about not everybody having access to the right equipment to gain digital skills so it's it's a bit of a a bit of a difficult um training loop isn't it where people people need digital skills but if they don't have access to a computer they can't get digital skills so 
are you is this is more of the people who are obviously looking to get back into the workplace or change careers rather than young people who tend to be quite quite tech savvy what are you doing for those people in fact a number of young people don't have access to technology so I think you know I've been very privileged mm. that I've always had access to technology mm. and I don't come from a rich household but we always had access to technology so it was quite an eye-opener that people didn't have access mm. um, and you know don't, people don't have broadband at home they don't have access to laptops they don't have smartphones where they can pick things up mm. so actually we've had to put some um, pool laptops in place here that people can borrow so I think that really needs to change to to level up the playing field in terms of people Mm. having access to to learning as well because in the pandemic a Mm. number of people didn't have the privilege of going online they were quite isolated yeah I think a lot of people forget that when they say oh we have a portal for this and a portal for that well if you don't have a laptop or a smartphone you can't get in the portal can you so and I've had to change some of my mm-hmm. training so when I first mm-hmm. launched some of my training courses I think I was probably working with more it was mainly women going back mm-hmm. into careers mm-hmm. but they were supported by a partner they all had laptops so you know it, for me it was download this app do this mm-hmm. and actually you realize now I can't do that so I'm having to find different ways of training people mm-hmm. by not always assuming they've got access technology Mm -hmm. Mm. what are the programs you're offering right now what are the core programs so we've got digital gum which is all about so that is people who've had career gaps Mm -hmm. or people at the start of their careers who probably have lost their direction a little bit their confidence is normally quite low Mm. um, may not even know what particularly with young people they don't really know what the jobs are even out there Um, And we put them through a four week program where we teach them digital skills, not necessarily because they want to go into digital careers, Mm. but it kind of helps them discover their superpowers. So we talk a lot about, you know, by the end of it, you'll know what your superpowers are. Um, And we always work on a local charity project. So a Berkshire based small charity that doesn't have much digital firepower. So they they work with the charity to uh, do a digital audit. And you just see... Uh, you know the first day the confidence is really low and by the end of week four they're a team pulling together to deliver this project to their charity Mm -hmm. Um, in fact we've had a team in today that are pitching next week and they're putting extra hours in because they don't want to let their charity down so I've I've put 125 people through that program and you can just see the confidence boost Um, then we've got our we, we hope to go back to more of the grassroots where we get people together for the book launches but we're just waiting to see what happens with um unlocking the world a bit more Um, but that's always been our vision is you know small intimate group you know 50 people having a conversation and then we're launching a sales academy in March so um, I used to do a lot of sales recruitment and understand that some of the best sales people have fallen out of the education system maybe come from disadvantaged backgrounds Mm -hmm. so we'll be taking um, 18 to 24 year old 24 ish so we're not just going to completely cap um and putting them through a program um, and we've got some companies lined up who are actually willing to offer jobs I mean it's not a job guarantee they have to go through the program and they have to kind of work hard Mm. Um, but we see a number of companies out here actually want to hire bright young sales talent that's fantastic because of course when it when it comes to sales or even business there isn't a direct positive correlation between educational achievement and business success it's not not how it goes you're looking for aptitude rather than education um so do do people do people just volunteer for 
the courses or do they have to do they have to pass the test to get in so digital gum um i'm much more flexible in terms of people on the program they've got to have a desire and they've got to turn up so you know that, that's what I asked for. The sales academy, yes, they will have to apply for a place because we've got jobs at the end of it. So we don't want people just turning up and then you know dropping out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a really easy application process. Um, I don't care if they sing, dance, make a video, mm-hmm. come and see us here. Um, so we're trying to make it really easy to apply. Mm-hmm. Um, it won't be a guarantee. They're going to have to have an interview as well. Um, but yeah, I think if you put too many barriers in the way of a young person, you know, who wants to fill out a form now? We have an interesting face of the campaign. So um, mm. I have a, a girl dog called Bernard who is currently, we're pulling together some, because we, we know to engage the next generation, it mm. needs to be funny, engaging yeah. content. So she will be the voice of the Sales Academy and the face of the Sales Academy. <laughs> Excellent. That really differentiates you, doesn't it? Just the other, one of the other programs that we're launching are masterclasses. So I think something when we originally um, set the space up, we saw that the Thames Valley, there's a lot of white collar workers that were going to be mm-hmm. disrupted mm-hmm. by automation. So we're launching masterclass series for people to start thinking about agile and you know marketing tools that small businesses use because mm-hmm. a number of large companies just don't understand what some small businesses use. So that's being rolled out from March, one to two hour sessions mm-hmm. um, specifically aimed at mainly professional services yeah yeah i saw that on your website that agile masterclass. so is that aimed for companies to send delegates to yeah so i think people who are thinking you know what is this agile what do i do with mm-hmm. it um just come and just yeah. learn something in a short sharp session yeah yeah that's a really good idea like like a a little mba session so that people think agile is hot desking when it's a lot more than that and Um, I think also every session will have something for people to take away so we want to be known for that space where you come and learn and then there's an action on the back of it rather than you just sit around talk about things and then you never do anything with it Mm, that sounds a great idea and bringing bringing new ideas into into businesses um can can you say a bit about about the community aspect of the curious lounge like how it's being used right now so I think it, we're not quite back to the vision we had for it. So when we first opened in November 2019, we wanted to be this space. And, you know, lots of spaces talk about community, but they have no idea what community actually means. And there's a magic around community that's really difficult to explain. Yeah. But um, we have a table called the Disturb Me Table that was made by a social enterprise. And that was all about just sitting down and having a conversation. So I think it's that organic, natural connection. So, you know, we discourage people with business cards here. We discourage people with networking. It's all about actually find out about people, be genuinely part of the community, kind of give before you take. Um, And I think we've worked really hard to curate, even in the pandemic, we've still got to have the right people in here that want to be part of the community. Um, And I think that the learning element as well, I think a number of people also like the fact we've got young people in here. They find that quite interesting. They want to mentor them. So we're more than just a space to come and work. We are that proper community. Mm -hmm. And I think we're very food based as well. (laughs) That's great. With local food. Yeah. So we do a lunch run every day to a local independent. We hope to get back to having events that we use local companies to cater for. You know, that's part of our ethos. What are, what are your plans going forward? Um, because hopefully we've, we're through the worst of the pandemic. More of what we're doing now. I mm. think um, I love coming to work. I love doing what I'm doing. Um, I finally found something where I have found my superpowers. Um, I love being in a training room. So just more content, more training, working with more people. 
It feels like we're still in the pandemic. Mean, it's much better than it was, but it still feels like we are in the pandemic. A number of people still aren't leaving home. So I think our biggest challenge is getting people to actually come out. I think the people that are coming out feel very safe here because we've got a lot of, we haven't really removed our COVID measures. We're still mm. scrubbing down everywhere. We've got a thermal camera. So I think it's just convincing people that it's okay to leave home, go out and see people. Um we, we're seeing, I mean, I think there's a lot of opportunity for us in terms of people now have given up offices. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're using our meeting rooms to get their teams together. And, but yeah, I think it's that actually leave home, come out, see people. I think there's some people that all have wanted that and others just are still a bit scared as well. Mm. Yeah, also people have got comfortable at home. Yeah. When actually it's not until you get out that you realise that you should be out so it's it's a bit of a catch twenty two. I think, and for us, it's finding. So we've never wanted to just be running our own training content. That's never been the plan for the Curious Lounge. It was supposed to be this neutral venue that multiple people could come to and build this collaborative community mm-hmm. for Reading skills and and the wider Thames Valley. Mm-hmm. So we're actively seeking partners to work with. One of our biggest challenges is actually getting companies to open their eyes to the talent that's out there. So I think, um, particularly in the Thames Valley, we're still quite traditional. We don't really want to take people who don't have that sort of university education. And for me, companies are missing out on the best people by not actually opening their eyes. So I think that's one of my biggest challenges is to get Mm. this region to wake up to their missing out on brilliant people. A lot of companies talk about diversity, so it's about convincing them to actually do the diversity, I guess. What do you feel is your is your biggest achievement so far with the Curious Lounge? I think we're hugely proud of the number of people that are now going into jobs. I mean, given that we're not fully open and we're not up and running, our um, offboarding rates are really high. Um, I get a great sense of achievement when I got I got the job email, which we've had five in January. So, you know, that really is what we set out to do. We want to do more of that. Um, so, yeah, I'm a proud, I'm really proud when I get those emails. That's really great. And finally, a bit, a bit about you. As someone who works every day with local independent businesses, can you share a few secrets of your success? Uh, I still feel that I haven't had a success in the Thames Valley because I haven't changed the Thames Valley in the way I set out to five, six years ago. Um, in terms of successes of working with small local businesses, again, we're really proud that we spend as much money locally as we can. So all our furniture was pre-loved from a local furniture company. Um, working with the social enterprise, you know, we put money in wherever we can. I still think there's lots more that we need to do, and but I'm excited about the opportunities. Do you have any advice for today's today's startup founders? If somebody is launching something now, what what would you advise them? I've been really lucky to hang out with quite a few startups over the last six years. And I think my biggest takeaway um, is just get out and talk to your customers. You know, Don't go to another networking event your customers aren't going to go at. Don't over-engineer your products. Just get out quickly, talk to customers, change. Because I've seen so many apps develop that no one actually wants. So that would be my biggest thing, just go and talk to customers. That's really great. Well, this is a beautiful place and thank you so much, Louise. Thank you for having me. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Tales from the Tech Corridor. This series is developed by Boyce Turner LLP and inspired by their tech partners and clients. I'm Joanna Goodman. Thank you for listening.